Alright, look at verse 23 of Matthew chapter 23. This right here is probably one of the hardest sermons you see in all the Bible. This is the face-ripping chapter of the Bible. Jesus is just... He's tearing it up and he's letting it rip in this passage. All these people who you know think that being like Jesus is being this soft-spoken, effeminate uh, you know person, they never read this passage right here. And let's look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter twenty-three, verse twenty-three. It says, "Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites!" He's cursing them. He's pronouncing a curse on them. For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides which strain at an at and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For ye may clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, and the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And the title of my message tonight is Omitting the Weightier Matters. We see there in verse 23 how he mentions, you know, you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. But he said, you have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Tithing is good, alright? And they're tithing on every little thing. I mean, they're so hardcore on making sure they tithe every little thing. I mean, down to the littlest plants that they get, they're making sure that they tithe. But at the same time, while they're doing that, they're obsessing over this, they're ignoring much more important things. And you know what? While we ought to tithe, you know, that's great, but we shouldn't leave these other things undone there are some things that are more important, and there are. I'm afraid we see this quite often in churches today, where we have people who, especially amongst Baptists, and we see a lot of this in, in this movement that we're in, where you've got people that, man, they are the specialists. They are the most hardcore on some positions. They take, you know, they'll take their stance to the extreme, and they'll fight it till the death. But at the same time, some of these same people who are so hardcore in one area, they have these glaringly obvious faults that they don't seem to care about. That they act like is no big deal at all, and it's very revolting. It is, and it is wrong, and I believe it's a true mark of a Pharisee. I believe one of the true marks of a Pharisee or a hypocrite is one who majors in the minors, and minors in the majors. And I'm afraid that's what we have a lot of people doing. In other words, that's someone who they make a great big deal about little things, but then they ignore the big things. You know, who cares if I tithe of every little thing if I'm stealing too? You know, I can get up and I can toot my horn about my tithing, but if I'm going and I'm robbing banks, I would never rob God. Yeah, but you're robbing the gas station. You know, you're robbing. You know, you're robbing all these stores. You're you're robbing other people. You're picking pockets. You know, you're breaking into houses. You're a thief. Who cares that you tie when you are a stinking thief? Yeah, but you know, I think we ought to you know focus on these little things. You know, I think it's all important. Yeah, it is all important. But did you know that some things are more important? 
You know, some things are more important than other things. And one problem that's always been around, and it just never goes away, is people coming along, tooting their own horn about some specific area in their life where they feel like they've arrived. You know, and many of these same people, they they do, they have some of the biggest, most obvious faults in their life. They are the people, like Jesus was talking about, who strain at a net and swallow a camel. These are the people who... Uh, you know, they want to pull the moat out of their brother's eye, but they've got a beam sticking out of their own eye. It is one of the most ridiculous things, and it has been going on since Jesus' day. And this was something that the Pharisees specialized in. And let me tell you something. You never see Jesus preaching any harder than when he was preaching to Pharisees. These are the people that really bothered him. And I think one of the reasons they bothered him so much is because of the fact that here you have Jesus who's holy, he's righteous, he's coming to take away the sins of man. And then you have a group of people here who see themselves as without need of a Savior. You know, and so while these publicans and harlots, while they were dirty and rotten too, at least they were honest enough to recognize we need a Savior. And so we see Jesus being harder on these people who wanted to proclaim their own righteousness than He was on those who actually were very wicked. And so what are some of these ways that people often act like Pharisees? Something that I believe that often happens amongst Baptists. This is very common. And I'm just going to tell you right now. Okay, In... The new IFD movement, as people call it, there is a lot of this junk. And I find it rather irritating. And I get, you know, I get phone calls, I get emails regularly about just some of the most goofy things that just really it irritates the snot out of me. I have people all the time wanting to complain. They're wanting to complain to me about their old IFD churches that they go to because of all these problems they have. And listen. I have been around for a long time. I grew up in church. I grew up in old IFB churches. And let me tell you, I've seen a few things. And I know how to see through some junk too. And I'm afraid what I'm experiencing most of the time from these people that want to run their mouths about their churches, their pastor, whatever. These people, they first off, they know what I want to hear. They know what my beliefs are. They've listened to my preaching. And all they're doing is using these things as excuses to just not go to church and to get out of their church. And I've, I've had people call me up that live across the country. It's like they're wanting to get my permission and wanting my blessing on them just not going to church anywhere. Because they're not going to compromise. You know, They're not compromising on some of these things. And you know what? It aggravates me. All right, This really aggravates me. And I never give them my blessing on them not going to church. I've never given anyone my blessing on them not going to church. I just I, I do not believe, especially when some of these people from down in the Bible Belt want to talk about it. It's like, really? 50 Baptist churches in your area, you can't find one. I mean, there's not one saved pastor in your area. You're the only righteous person in the whole state. You know, how does it feel, Lot? You know, to be the only righteous person since you are literally better than everyone in your state. Can you please explain to me why you're not pastoring a church somewhere? Can you please explain that? I'm going to tell you right now, if I was the only righteous person in Illinois, I'd be moving out of Illinois. You know, I'd be, I'd be out of here before the Lord rained fire and brimstone down on Illinois. And the way these people talk about their towns, you'd think that's the way it was, but you know what? That's not the way it is. These people are just making excuses because they don't want to do anything. And I've had enough of it. 
And listen, I've, I have some of these people, they talk about moving out here. And you know what? I think I'm going to make this sermon required listening for anybody that wants to move to this church. Because they need to hear this. Because some of these people that want to move here because they're too good for their old IFB churches, I'm not, I wasn't born yesterday. I know their kind. I know what they are. And I don't want them in this church. I, re- I really don't want them. So how do you know? Some, some, some people are legit. Some people want to move for the right reasons. Some people are just looking for excuses. They tell me that they're wanting to move. They never actually would. Okay? They're just wanting me to tell them, man, it really stinks to be you. I, I wouldn't go to any of those churches. That's what they want me to tell them. And it's just not going to happen. So I don't even believe them half the time when they tell me they're wanting to move here. I, I don't even believe them. If they were serious, if they were legit, if they were so hardcore, they would actually move. But they just, it's just, they're just running their mouth. Well, turn over to Mark chapter 7. So what are some ways that people act like Pharisees? And Mark chapter 7, and verse 1. Oh, I didn't put that one in my notes. So I'm going to have to turn over there. Mark chapter 7, verse 1. It says, he, uh, pages are sticking together. It says, Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which come from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defile, that is to say with unwashing hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands off, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. One of the things that we often do, we allow our little hobby horses to cause us to look down on everyone else. First off, understand this while washing your hands before you eat is a good practice. Alright, is that not a good practice? I mean, there's nothing wrong with being clean. But was this something that was commanded in the Bible? Is this something that's really worth going and criticizing people over? I mean, is it is it my problem if you don't wash your hands before you eat? Okay? If you're handling my food, maybe it's another story. But if you want to get germs all over your hands, and then stick your fingers in your mouth. That's not my problem. Alright? I'm not, I'm not going to worry about that. But what do they do? They had this custom. This was a custom that they came up with that, you know what? This is something that we're going to do. And it's not a bad custom. Alright? But this is also not a Bible command. And so here you've got the disciples eating, but they didn't wash their hands. And so what do they want to do? They want to make a big deal. Hey, why aren't they following the tradition of the elders? This is something that we all came up with. This is something that we all do. Why aren't they doing it? And this was something that was just a way to puff themselves up. It wasn't because they were trying to be clean or healthy. This was something they used to make themselves feel good. And and so Pharisees, one thing that they like to do, they like to do things that everyone can see them do. The things that they do, the Bible says, they do it for to be seen of men. They would have these traditions, these practices that were obviously very public. You know, they, they, they would do these things that people could watch them do and people would see, look how holy they are. They weren't doing it because they love the Lord. They weren't doing it because it was the commanded of them. They were doing it because they wanted people to see them do it. Pharisees, they like to make others feel guilty for not measuring up to them. Because the thing is, if I can get you feeling bad about yourself when you're in my presence... You know, that must, that me I know I've got you convinced that I'm better than you. And that make, can make me feel good. 
You know, that can make me feel like I'm really something special. That'll help me to be able to kind of manipulate you and control you, which is something that the Pharisees did. Look what it says in Romans chapter 14. Because once again, there's nothing wrong with having certain customs and traditions like this. It wasn't a bad thing. But in Romans 14 verse 20 it says, For meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that which, uh, thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now in this particular passage that this is talking about, this is somebody who... You know, maybe they come from a background where, you know, it is a big deal eating meat sacrificed to idols. They saw it as an idolatrous practice. Somebody who has liberty in Christ, they understand that an idol is nothing. You know, and we don't want to necessarily take advantage of our liberty in front of other people. But notice what he says here. That person who's just not sure, they're in trouble. They're damned if they eat when they're not sure because whatsoever is not of faith, is sin. It's important that if we're going to be doing things, or if we're going to have practices in our life, if we're going to have customs, they ought to be things that we are assured of, that we know these things are right. And if these things aren't even in the Bible, if it's not commanded somewhere, do we really want to be making a big deal out of that? Do we really feel like we have the right to be making a big deal to other people if they are not doing those things? I personally think that that's very foolish because whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So the truth is, if I'm going and I'm just bullying all of you into following some custom that's not even the Bible, and I haven't even proved to you from the Scriptures, I'm not even attempted to prove it to you from the Scriptures that it's the right thing to do, and you're doing it, do you realize you're doing it and you're not doing it of faith? And whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That's going on in many old IFB churches where there's things that they teach, there's rules that they have that are right, Many things that they're doing in the old IFD, when it comes to their rules, when it comes to their standards, they are right. But you know what they never do? They never prove it from the Scriptures. So what do they do? They strong-arm people into doing these things. And the people, they do it in bitterness. They do it not from the heart. They do it out of necessity. And they're not doing it of faith. And so you know what? They're not, they're not even pleasing God. And so for us to go and take something too that's extra-biblical, something that we just come up with and try forcing this on people when we have no proof, it is a very foolish thing to do. And we're not helping people out one bit by doing that. And these Pharisees, they came up with these traditions and practice and they put them on people and then they would use them to guilt trip other people and the truth is, these things weren't even important. These were not things that were even commanded. And it is amazing some of the things that we just want to make a great big deal about. And just throw fits about and cause division over. It really is sad. But look at Matthew chapter 23, verse, uh, back to chapter 23. Look at verse 23. So another thing, another mark of a Pharisee, something that they do, is they let their focus on the little things blind them to the bigger things that are around them. It says in verse 23, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, faith, faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Once again, tithing on every little thing, which is good. 
You ought to do that. But you know what? Should you do that at the expense of uh, you know, mercy, of love, of faith, things like that? These are very important things. These are things that the Bible emphasizes over and over and over again. Things that are commanded over and over and over again. And don't act like all sins are equal. And all commands are equal. That is just not the case. That is not biblical. Some things are more important. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, you don't need to turn over there, but you all know the story about Samuel. How he went and he was supposed to wipe out the Amalekites. He was supposed to kill everything. But what did he do? He kept the animals. And when he got called out for it, he said, well, I was going to give them in a sacrifice to God. Now, were sacrifices to God good during that time? Yes, that was a good thing. However, being obedient was more important, wasn't it? And what did Samuel tell him? He said to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. We see that God sees some sins as greater than other sins. We see that there are some good things that are better than other things. Sacrifice was good, but obedience was better. You all see that? I mean, it's very clear in the Bible. It's not all equal. It's not all this level playing field and all this stuff. So we should do the little things, but there are some things that should come first. Okay? We ought to sacrifice. For, you know, we ought to be willing to give. But you know what? We ought to be obedient first. Some things are more important. Some commandments are more important than others. It says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 19, what it said, it said, whosoever shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach others shall be least in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever shall do and teach will be greatest. I think I might have told those backwards. But as he's teaching, there are there are least commandments. And you know what? We ought to keep the least commandments. We ought to study our Bibles and we ought to try to find the little things that God wants us to do. And we ought to try to do those things. But you know what? We should take care of the big things first. There are some things that are more important than others. And there's, there's a lot of bad habits and things that people have. And you know what? If you're somebody, you know, you're a thief and a murderer and a cigarette smoker, you know, don't give up the cigarettes and keep on stealing and killing people and say, well, I gave up the cigarettes. Yeah, but you're killing people. Yeah, but at least I don't smoke. Really? You know, and, and even, even with that, right? Even with something like smoking or something like that, you got a lot of people in churches today, they're just filthy gossips. I mean, they gossip, they run their mouth, they backbite, they tattle, but they don't smoke. You know what? I'll take the smoker over the gossip any day of the week. I'd rather have a church full of smokers than a church full of gossips. You know why? Because gossip's worse. You know, at least when you're smoking, you're just hurting yourself. You gossip, you're hurting everybody else. I would rather have that. And yet, you got all these people that are, well, I don't do these little things. Yeah, but you're doing all these great big things. So you know what? Shut up. Take care of those big things first. And then you can run your mouth about these little things that you don't do. And you know, at the end of the day, nobody really cares. Alright? I hate to tell you that. Nobody even really cares. You know, don't come, don't go telling other people all the, how spiritual you are. When you gotta go around tooting your own horn, nobody's gonna like you. You know, look what it says too in uh, Mark chapter 12 and verse 28. Mark chapter 12 and verse 28. 
says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt... And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but He. And to love Him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God, and no man durst ask him any question. So we see here that this guy saying, To love God and to love your neighbor, it's better than all the sacrifices and offerings. It's better than all those things. It's more important that we do those things. It is more important that you love the Lord, then you you know keep these little ceremonial things. There's a lot of people today who they are doing things that they should do. They're going to church. Okay? They will go to church, but you know what? They don't love the Lord. You know what? You've got a big problem. You've got a real big problem, and you ought to take care of that. And but they don't, well at least I go to church, and so then what do they do? They like to always talk about who's not in church. You know, they they show up to church. Listen, when you have to show up to church if you have to be announcing who didn't show up to church, you've got a problem. That's how a lot of people are. Not only, and a lot of times they won't bring up what they do, but they'll bring up what all the other people don't do. You know what I'm saying? Because here's the thing. If you come and you're tattling to me about something that somebody in the church does or does not do, you know, simple deduction will tell me that, you know what, you must not do or not do those things. It's one of the ways that we try to elevate ourselves and lift ourselves up. Okay, your kids don't come to you and say, you know, hey, you know, Susie's, you know, eating the cookies when they're not, when they're not supposed to, when they've been doing it too. All right, why do they tell you that? Because they want to get them in trouble because they wanted to do it and they didn't do it, so they got to make sure they tattle. Okay, and it's probably very rare that your kid ever comes to you and says, hey, you know, my brother's doing this. Really? Are you doing it? Yeah, I'm doing it too. You, know, you, you don't tattle in that case, right? And so we do these things. They do the tattling. It's just a way of elevating yourself and promoting yourself to make sure everybody knows you're not doing those things. I've even heard people get it before. And like they make prayer request time a gossip session. You know, and it's just like, you need to shut up. All right? that, is, that is really out of line. We've never really had that here, but I've, I've seen that before in the past. And that is... That's a shame when that happens, but we we let our little we we let our focus on little things blind us from the big things. Okay, before we go making a big deal and straining at these gnats, we better make sure we haven't got any camels in our cup. Before we go pulling the moats out, let's make sure we get the beam out first. There are some things that are more important. The Bible is crystal clear about that. Turn over to Mark chapter two, verse twenty-three. This is something else that's very. Very important. says, And it came to pass as he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, 
Have you never read what David did when he had need and was a hungered? He and they that were with him, how they went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat but for the priest, and gave also to them which were with him. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. One of the things that we can often do if we're not careful, and I see a lot of this, and it just irritates me. And this is an old IFB and new IFB too. Alright, this is, this is all over the place. But we can cause, we can cause our extreme positions on something that's even biblical. We can make it in a way where we can create unnecessary burdens for people. See, that's what the Pharisees did. Now, was it not one of the Ten Commandments? Was not one of the Ten Commandments remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy? And that's it's clearly a good thing to keep the Sabbath day. But you all understand, when you read the Bible, it's very clear that God made the Sabbath day for man. Man needs to rest. Man needs a day off. But these these Pharisees, they went and they were taking these things to a whole new level. You see, they had this oral law. They had these traditions of the elders. I was reading this thing. about They call it the fence around the Torah. Anybody ever heard of that? The fence around the Torah. So what they would do, this is something that happened. And I see this kind of junk. I see it on some of these Facebook groups and stuff. And it just, it really, really irritates me. So what this fence around the Torah was, basically it was this oral law that they came up with. So the Pharisees knew, alright, we're supposed to keep the Sabbath day. We're not supposed to work on the Sabbath day. So then, what happens? Everybody starts asking questions. Well, what constitutes work? You know, is getting out of bed a work? Is getting dressed a work? You know, uh, you know, tying your shoes? You know, you know, what's work? And so these guys, they, I mean, they had just volumes and volumes of these laws, these oral laws that they came up with for every little thing to the point that it was hard to function on the Sabbath day because you just weren't allowed to do anything. And it was not God's intent for us to just lay in bed that entire day. You know, God, it was fine for them to do some things, but God just wanted them to make it holy. He wanted it to be a, a set apart day. But we see, you know, there was exceptions. Hey, if your ox falls in a pit, you need to get that ox out. Because if you don't get that ox out of a pit, guess what? The rest of your days of the week are going to be really difficult. That's your livelihood. That helps you do your work. You don't want to go trying to plow a field without an ox. You will have created a lot more work. So there were exceptions because of the fact that Sabbath, it was meant to help man not to be a burden, but these guys went and created a burden when it came to the Sabbath day. I mean, there was all kinds of rules. Like if, you know, if you drop something, what you could pick up. And there, if you read some of these things, it was so monotonous, it was so picky, and then what did you do? They would come up with all these rules, and then everybody would sit around watching everybody. You know, and somebody's maybe care, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're carrying a plate of food. Oh, that's work. You know, that, that's work. You're, you're, you're carrying a plate of food. Well, you know, I gotta eat. You know, so they did, they'd have like weight limits on things, and they had all these rules. And listen, the Bible made it real simple. Just remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You know, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. Seventh is a day of rest. But they went and they, they literally created a burden. And you know, Baptists often do that. They often build fences around God's law where there's a clear law somewhere, but they end up creating unnecessary burdens for people. 
You know, and one example too, you know, some people are real hardcore on, you know, supporting establishments that sell alcohol. Well, that's fine. Hey, if you want to do everything you can to avoid, you know, establishments that sell alcohol, I'm not going to criticize you for that. That's not a bad thing. But don't go forcing it on me and on everyone else because you all understand that kind of creates a burden. Because how hardcore are we going to go? You know, how hardcore can we get? Well, no restaurants that serve alcohol. Okay, that's fine. You know, that limits a lot of things. But, you know, now what about gas stations? Can I not go to gas stations that have alcohol? Because that takes out pretty much all of them. Can I not go to a grocery store that has alcohol? Because, you know, that takes out pretty much all grocery stores, I think. Except Save-A-Lot. Save-A-Lot doesn't have alcohol, do they? Save-A-Lot stinks when you go in there. I hate that place. But anyway, you know, they... You know, they, they start making all these things. You know, how about I just never buy alcohol? You know? And listen, if you want to go, if you want to go crazy with it, go ahead. But don't create a burden for me. Okay? Don't, you know, some people, they're so hardcore. You know, their family's traveling. You know, we're hungry. What are we going to eat? Oh, you know, there's no place to stop except, you know, Pizza Hut and they sell beer there. We, we can't do it. We're just going to have to keep going and trust God. Yeah, the kids are hungry. You know, you're creating this burden on, on everybody because you've run your mouth about how hardcore you are on some stance. And you know what? Sometimes you just need to just use a little bit of common sense. And people want to go crazy on that. You know, you have your health food Nazis, all right? We all hate those people too. Now, there is nothing wrong with you eating healthy. But you know what? If your family's traveling and you can't find any place to eat, you're driving out in the middle of nowhere somewhere, and all of a sudden, oh, it's McDonald's. We can't eat at McDonald's. That's not healthy. So you're just going to let your kids starve? You know? You're, you know, because you don't want to eat any trans fats? You know? Just order them a stinking salad. But you know, it's like we do, and, and people that are that way, they make sure everybody knows it. And they do, and it's like they want to guilt trip everybody on it. Oh, you drink soda, huh? You know, I, I, you can listen on the answering machine in my office. I got a call this week, and you know, I, people call me all the time. You know, one advice things I, I usually call people back, but I didn't call this one guy back. He was calling asking about, you know, if it's okay to pray. You know, should we be praying? You know, for God to help us not commit certain sins. You know, shouldn't we just not do it? Which, you know. I see what he's saying, but he's like, he's like, I've been having trouble with the besetting sin of Coca-Cola. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to call you about your problem with Coca-Cola, all right? If somebody from my church has a problem with that, I might help you out, try to help you out and talk to you about it. But really, the besetting sin of Coca-Cola, yeah, but it's not healthy, you know. It's got you know high fructose corn syrup in there. You know what? If I want to enjoy something that's very tasty every once in a while. I'm going to do it. Alright? Now the problem is, okay, the problem is not Coca-Cola. The problem is some people just, that's all they drink is Coca-Cola. The problem is some people are just gluttons. The problem is some people just have no balance in their life. But they do. They want to create all these crazy food rules. And if you want to have that for yourself, go for it. But you know what? Leave me alone. And don't go creating burdens on me. You know, and some of these people too, you know, they, I mean, I heard somebody the other day, they were talking about all these health things that they don't do and everything, and then they even brought up salads. You know, because they have E. coli or something. I was like, really? So now we can't even eat vegetables? You know what? Why can't I just eat what is put before me? 
You know, why can't I just take it with thanksgiving because it is sanctified by the Word of God and prayer and I'm just going to eat it with joy? Said, so I'm not talking about being a glutton. I'm not talking about going to the buffet and going up there four times and filling your plate up ten feet high and eating it all. But you know what? We don't need to go overly crazy on these things and go creating burdens. If God didn't want us eating so much chicken, He wouldn't have made it taste so good. All right, you know, if God didn't want us eating meat, He wouldn't have made it taste so good. Okay, and if we want to enjoy some of these things once in a while, it's okay to do it. But you know, there are verses in the Bible about gluttony and stuff. Okay, but we don't want. Don't come to me and don't ask me to go and write down you know, like a calorie count that we're allowed to do or whatever, and just come up with all these rules and just force them. You know, how about you just try to be a balanced person? How about you just try to eat until you're full and don't be a glutton? And, you know, these things don't need to be real complicated. But everybody wants to make them complicated, and they do. And it's like they do it to be seen of men. You know, if when you go and you have your Thanksgiving or your Christmas turkey, I just, I don't need to know that it's organic, alright? You don't need to tell me you're eating an organic apple, alright? I can see you're eating an apple. I don't need to know that it's organic. Why would you even bring that up? You know, because you want to show that you're being healthy. Alright, if I see you eating a candy bar, alright, I don't need to know that you bought it from the Health and Nutrition Plus place. I don't need to know that stuff. Why are you even bringing that up? Shut up, okay? I don't care about your organic soda or anything like that. I'm all for people doing that. But the people who want to be the Nazis on that stuff, they always do. It's like they got to guilt trip everybody on these things. And you know what? It's because, you know, you know why they're like that? Because they're miserable too. They know that Coca-Cola is better than organic soda or better than water or whatever. And they're miserable drinking that all the time. And they can't stand seeing me enjoy myself with that other stuff. And you say, well, you know, you should be promoting unhealthy food. I'm not necessarily promoting unhealthy food. I am for healthy living. Okay? I am for healthy living, and you can enjoy some of these things without going crazy, without being a glutton. You can be balanced if you have a little bit of discipline. It's not that hard, and I'm doing it. And I don't obsess over these things, and I don't stress over these things. Some people, they go so crazy stressing over what they're going to eat, you know, they're hurting their health with their stress. They're going to get ulcers from the worrying about. You know, they're E. coli on their salad or something like that. You know, just, uh, just chill, alright? You know, sometimes people just need to chill out. And, you know, you got these people too. You know, I, I know. We, I think shots are a bad idea. I don't think you ought to do these things. I think a lot of these doctors are a bunch of drug pushers and stuff. But you know what? You, these, some of these people, they're so hardcore, they don't even want to go to a doctor for anything. I mean, their kid's sick and their kid's dying, their kid's arm's broken, and they don't even want to take their kid to a doctor, you know, because they're afraid one of their Pharisee friends is going to look down on them. You know? What did they give you, what did they give you when your kid came in there screaming in agony and pain? Did they give him any painkillers? You know what those painkillers do, don't you? Well, I know they made my arm stop hurting when it's broken. You know, I mean, I, I'm not saying we can't think about this stuff and that we can't take these things into consideration. But when you start being a Pharisee about it and you start trying to shove it down other people's throats, okay, you are out of line. And you need to just cool it and just not make such a big deal. You know, you got these people too, a lot of these young people on these Facebook groups and stuff, this comes up all the time. You know, the Bible says women should keep silent in church. 
you know, taking a page out of the Rucktard playbook and just take one verse and not look at the whole passage, not look at context. And you know, my wife's not allowed to sing in church. Oh yeah, well my I make I put duct tape over my wife's mouth, church. Oh yeah, well I put duct tape and a shot collar on her neck just in case somehow she gets some no, you know noise out. You know, it's like we all got to try to outdo each other on these things. You know, nobody wants to take into consideration. Hey, you realize that passage is saying that because she's not supposed to usurp authority over a man. That's a sin. Not sound waves coming out of their mouth. And you got these people that want to be all hardcore. And listen, if you want to be all hardcore and you want to tell your wife that she's not even allowed to make a peep when she's in church, you know what? I'm not going to tell you what to do with your wife. All right? Don't put duct tape over her mouth before she comes there. We'll look like a bunch of freaks here. All right? Don't do that. But at the same time, at the same time, please don't go around parading yourself around the church like you're better than everybody else. Don't get mad if some other lady, when I say, hey, does anybody have a prayer request? And they say, you know, pray for my mom that's dying. And say, a woman just spoke in the church. I was supposed to keep silence in the church. Alright? When you can explain to me how she usurped my authority when I asked if anyone had something they'd like us to pray for, and she did that, you know, then we'll have a conversation about it. But you, you just want to show how macho and how tough you are. So you've got this hardcore position that, you know, you're just not going to bend on. You're not going to change on. You, my friend, are just a Pharisee. That's all you are. And Jesus wasn't very nice to Pharisees. And I'm not going to be very nice to Pharisees either. You got these people too. They want to come in. They want, they want to, you know, they want to contact me. They want to call me up. They want to ask me about all this stuff that's going on in their church. Just looking for an excuse to get out. And they'll talk about how hardcore they are on these things. Well, I'm not going to go to that church because they're pre-trib. And I don't think we ought to be compromising on the pre-trib doctrine. Oh, okay. So you're going to compromise on church attendance. That's actually more important. Oh, yeah, this church supports the Jews. They got the Star of Rim fan in their church. You know, and I'm not going to compromise on that. But you you are willing to compromise on just not going to church. You're going to compromise on not giving. You're going to compromise on all these other things, but you're going to be all hardcore on that one thing. You know what? There's some things that are more important. There are more weightier matters. There are things that are more important and you should not sacrifice church attendance just because they're wrong on end times. They don't. It's not even like they preach on it every week. Okay? Just when Sam Gibbs shows up, take a weekend trip that week. Alright? You know, just, you, you don't get out of church because of something like that that's too important. It's way too important. There's people out there, I've known, that they go to these old IFB churches, they won't even get baptized in that church. You know, they don't even want to get baptized there, you know, because, you know, they had Bill Grady come preach at their church one time. Well, that stinks. You know, that's sad that that pastor got fooled. But listen, you're supposed to get baptized. You know, and they're waiting for this perfect opportunity. They're waiting for this perfect church to show up. No, you need to do first things first. You know what? You go get your carcass baptized. You need to get your carcass inside of a church. You need to be doing that. And you know what? If there's anybody watching here online tonight, sitting at home, not going to church, because you're not going to compromise, let me tell you something, you're a compromiser. 
You are a compromiser. You need to get in a church somewhere. You need to be in the house of God. You need to be around God's people. You're not edifying any of us from watching this. I don't even, you know, you're not doing anything for anybody except for yourself and you're being a Pharisee and you need to knock it off and you need to stop omitting, omitting the weightier matters and church attendance is a pretty weighty matter. Being baptized is a pretty weighty matter. These are big things that are really important and people do, they just want to bring up these foolish questions. You know, should, should we even go to a church's pre-trip? I mean, don't you know, they're, they're not, they're just going to be leading people to hell because they're not preparing them for what's going to come and they're all probably going to take the mark of the beast and all these things. You know, really? And you know what? If I may just defend the old IFB for a little bit, too. I have these people, I don't feel right taking my family into a church that's pre-trib and pro-Jew. I just, I'm not going to compromise on that. I'm worried about what's going to happen to my kids. You know what? I came from one of those. Alright? One of those churches is what produced me. And you know what? I'm fine. Okay? I, I am where I am today because of old IFB churches. And if you think for one second that you're going to convince me that sitting at home on your lazy can, not going to church, just because you don't like what they preach in the end times, you know, you think, you think you're better off that way. I'm going to tell you right now, you're just an idiot. You're not better off that way. You're worse off. And stop talking about them like they're the, you know, I said, I, I have a problem when people who are never in the old IFB want to criticize the old IFB. You have no right. Okay? You don't know. Alright? I can, I was there. Alright? But you, I, I just, I don't even want to hear it. Most of these people, they've never even achieved half of what they have. I mean, I'd, I'd take most of these old IFB people over a lot of these young punks that just want to run their mouths. And act like they're so hardcore because not only did they never preach repent of their sins, they don't even use the word repent. You know? I mean, it's like repentance is a bad word with a lot of these guys. And people will do it. They'll talk about how, you know, these pet, these churches, like every church is repent of sins. Every church is repent of sins. And you start talking to them, and it's like they had to grill the pastor for months and months to find out he was repent of sins. You know? And it's like they start asking him all these hard questions. Well, you know, what if a guy gets saved, and then he goes and he shoots 50 people. You know? Well, I don't think a saved person would do that. Oh, he's repenting your sins. You know, he thinks a person who, you know, gets saved would never, you know, do, you know, knock it off. You're just looking for an excuse to get out of church. And you're going to make your hardcore position, that's, you're going to let that be an excuse to omit a weightier matter. You're not fooling anybody. Okay? You are a hypocrite is all you are. And they do. So they start asking all these questions. You know, I don't know if I can go to that church. That church practices idolatry. Really? They got idols in that church. Yeah. I saw a nativity scene. Well, you know what? You know, chill. Alright? I saw, you know, in the nursery, they had a Smurf figurine in there. Really? Okay. Just you know, and they start asking all these questions. You know, you know, is a cross an idol? You know, and they bring up all these weird, weird things. You know, you know, I know I can't go to Liberty Baptist Church. You know, the building's shaped like a triangle, and that's Illuminati. And you know, I'm not going to compromise on these things. That's satanic. And they just, they, I mean, some of the stuff people go into is just absolutely ridiculous. Some of the stupid questions that people ask. And I do. I get them all the time. People email and message me just some of these stupid questions. You know, if idolatry is a sin, you know, 
We're not to make any graven images. You know, do I have to throw my daughter's baby doll out? Really? You know, that I don't even answer that stuff, okay? Listen, if you're tempted to bow down to your daughter's baby doll, throw it out, alright? Okay? But you know what? My daughter, I've never caught her praying. I've got four girls. I've never seen one of my daughters praying to their baby dolls. I've never seen it. Okay? It's just, it's not a problem. It's not going to happen. And you're not impressing anybody with this. So we do, we allow, so our, our, these hardcore stands, it makes them become a burden. It's like you got your Amish people. They're so big on that. You know, their poor little girl's doll doesn't even have a face. You know, that's just creepy. Alright? You know, that, you're just going to train your daughter to be a little spook. Alright? You know, that's just, that is weird. We don't need to go that crazy on things. You're just, you're going overboard. And so, you know, all these foolish questions, though, they come from people who oftentimes they would rather follow a set of written rules than follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. They want somebody write down a bunch of rules for me that I can check off. So I can show everybody my checklist and how many, you know, rules I follow. That's all, that's all there is to it. So we, we allow, often allow our strong positions on certain things to cause us to violate other commands of God. Look at Matthew chapter 15 and verse 2. It says, Why do the disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands and they eat bread. But He answered and said to them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? He said, your disciples are transgressing the tradition of the elders, but then He said, you're transgressing the commandment of God by your tradition. And he says, For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father and mother, it is a gift by whatsoever he mightest be profited by me. And honor not his father or his mother, he should be free. Thus ye have made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Their tradition literally caused them to violate a command of God. A tradition that they used to make themselves feel good. Kind of like these people that are so hardcore against the pre-trib that it has caused them to violate the verse that says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. These people, they will literally allow their hardcore stance on a minor issue to cause them to violate the Word of God. It says in verse 7, Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, The people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And you know what? It's high time that we get balanced and people need to say, you know, I, they're not going to admit it, but I'm just going to call these people out for it. I'm going to call them out. They're hypocrites. They're phonies. They're looking for a set of written rules because it's easier to follow that than follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And they only do these things as a way to lift themselves up, pat themselves on the back. And many people, many people, you know, they, they'll cause their church's verbal support for Israel to hold back tithes and offerings. Uh, they got a missionary to Israel. That guy believes he's God's chosen people. Well, you know what? If you're worried about money going there, just send it to somebody else. Designate it for another for another missionary. You know, just some people will allow the poor choice of words from a pastor when explaining salvation, you know, to cause them to get out of church. Not everybody means the same thing when they say repent of sins. And that's just like the trigger word. 
it's like there's all these people there, these, you know, these people that they watch preaching on the internet all the time, and they walk into these churches just waiting, waiting, you know, man, oh, this church is pretty nice, you know, it looks like they have soul in this church, you know, the music's good, the guy's preaching from the King James Bible. We probably should be coming here. But you know what? We're stinking lazy, and we'd rather sit at home and watch it on the internet. So what do they do? They're looking for an excuse to get out. And all of a sudden, they're listening to the message. The guy's preaching a great message. Everything's going good. He's talking about, hey, God trusts Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know, you need to call on the Lord for salvation. You need to repent of your sins. Well, there it is! And then, boom, they're out. They, they go walking out. And let me tell you, I've known these people when we were growing up. You know, and don't take this the wrong way. Homeschool families, all right. When we started homeschooling our kids, we said we are going to homeschool our kids, but we are not going to be a homeschool family. You know why? Because the way we saw homeschool families, they were just the people that always got offended by little things. I mean, these people, they would come into our church all the time. You know, they always sit all there together. And they would, it was like they were just waiting. Just waiting for Dad to say something wrong when he was preaching. Just boom. He'd say something controversial. They all get up and walk out. And then some of these people would come back and then do it again. Always walking out. Why? Putting on a show. We don't like what he said. There's one family, they wrote my dad a letter. After they left the church, they wrote dad a letter rebuking him for referring to children as kids. And a kid's a goat. We ought to have more respect for our children than that. You guys have a program in your church called King's Kids. Well, it sounds better than King's Children. You know? And they sent my dad a picture of their child with a goat making sure he understood which one was the child and which one was the kid. You know, one of these weirdo families, you know, their kids dress like Little House on the Prairie, you know, they had you know, they had like 12 kids or something, and we're just one of these judgmental down on everybody homeschool families that were honestly not very happy people. And we're pretty worthless people. And we had a bunch of those. One of these families we had that used to walk out of service all the time. I mean, their son was a, is a perv. I mean, just a weirdo pervert. But you know what? They're super strict on music. You know, that was one of the things they wanted to get offended about all the time. You know, they wanted to get, you know, that, that song was too fast. That lady slided, you know, slid her note. You know, and they just want, they're always looking for something to walk out on. Hey, listen, hey, if you want to be hardcore on that stuff, be hardcore on that, but chill out on everybody else, you Pharisee. You know, stop forcing these things on other people and just making a big deal, making a mountain out of a molehill. It's ridiculous. Some people, they'll use their hardcore positions as justification for running down people who are not spiritually advanced or mature yet. You know, other things, you know, other, and there's a lot of things. People use, I hear this stuff all the time. These are your excuses people use to get out of church, you know. That church has a Sunday school. That church has Sunday school. Therefore, these teachers are all coming there because they just want to molest kids. You know? No. Does stuff happen? Yes, some of that stuff happens. Is that a better way to do it? No, it's not a better way to do it. But that is not an excuse to get out of church, okay? Just keep your kids with you in the service if you don't like it. That's all you have to do. That's, that's, that's that simple. Okay? That's that simple. But they'll bring those things out. Well, that church has a bookstore. You know? They're making the house of the Lord a house of merchandise. I don't think they ought to do that either. Okay? I don't think they ought to do that. But do you think, you know, them selling stuff in the church, somewhere else, not in the auditorium, alright? 
Do you really, they, and you don't have to do that. They're not selling it during the service. They're not selling, well, the evangelists sell things during the preaching. I, you know, 20 minutes before that, you know, 20 minutes into their message, they're talking about, you know, buy my book, buy this, you know, got Bill Grady. All right, you know, Bill, you know, he's, a, he's another exception. But is that an excuse for you to not go to church anymore? You're really going to get out of church just because of that. These people are just using this stuff as an excuse. You know, the Christian schools, you know, the nurseries, all that stuff. You know, the, the, their pastor said the word dispensation. You know, not everybody means the same thing when they say dispensation either. Not everybody that's dispensationalist or that considers themselves a dispensationalist is lost. And that's come, this is coming from a guy who hates dispensationalism. Okay? But look, not everybody means the same thing. Sometimes it's on people's doctrinal statement. There's a lot of preachers who are told that they should be dispensational, so they say they are. They've never really, they've never really stood it. You know, they've never studied it out. But somebody will hear that pastor said, you know, it's like he said dispensation in church because he was reading the verse in the Bible that said dispensation, and all of a sudden there goes the family, just, and then out, you know, out they go. You know, just chill out, okay? You're being a Pharisee. At the end of the day. The people who take these extreme positions on things, they only do it to justify not doing other things that they don't want to do. Things that are more important. These people are walking around according to their own lusts. Listen, if I was a weak, intimidated guy who had no confidence in my masculinity and my leadership abilities, then you know what? I would want a wife that never opened her mouth, especially in front of people. Because I wouldn't be able to handle it. Alright? But me, as someone who is confident, alpha male, Chuck Norris type as myself, I don't care if my mouth, wife's a little mouthy. Alright? I can handle it. Okay? Alright? There is no question who is the boss in the McMurtry household. Alright? You know, and so, I'm not that worried about it. But you understand, the people that specialize on these things, it's usually because they have huge issues in other areas. And you know what? Just, just chill out, okay? Nobody cares how hardcore you are, alright? Okay? I'm glad you don't have cable, okay? Well, I don't even have a DVD player. Oh, I don't even have a TV. Oh, I don't even have a smartphone, because you can watch TV on a smartphone. You know, and it's like, oh, I don't even let my kids walk through Walmart because they have TVs playing in Walmart. Oh, well, I'm so strict. I'm not even going to come to Liberty Baptist Church because there's a TV hanging on your wall that puts announcements and things up on there and I don't want my kids looking at it. Really? You know, that's how crazy people get on this stuff. And it's not profitable. It's not impressive. God's not pleased with it. And if you want to be hardcore on stuff, go ahead and be hardcore, but do not omit the weightier matters. There are things that are more important. And you know what? If you are, if you are so good, if you are more holy, if you are one, if, you know, if you're one of these people that live in a state where there literally are no safe pastors, okay? This, it's not. This is the United States. This isn't Europe. Okay? We're not in Asia. Or the Middle East. Okay? There is some place for people to go to church. And you know, well, you know, that that pastor's not qualified. He's only got one and a half kids. Alright? <laughs> you know. So you're just not going to go to church. 
You're going to go to the church with a heretic. You're going to go to some, you know, false gospel church, you know, just because he doesn't. Listen, the requirements are important, but you know what? The right doctrine is more important. Okay? And listen, if you are, if you are just so special, if you are so holy that you are better than every church in your state and every pastor in your state, why in the world are you not pastoring a church right now? You know, the reason you're not is because you're not better than anybody. You know, you're not even, I mean, you are on the level of a Pharisee, and I'm not going to take time to do it, but go read through Matthew chapter 23 and just look at how many names Jesus called them. Look at how many times he referred to them as blind. Look at how many times he called them hypocrites. You know, look at all the examples he gave of them being like a sepulchre. You know, you're a whited sepulchre. The outside looks great, but within you're full of dead men's bones. And I'm telling you right now, you know, we're hardcore on a lot of things in this church, and I'm going to keep preaching this stuff, and I'm going to keep calling out stuff that I see in the old IFB and things that I don't like and things that I think they're doing wrong. But I'm going to do it because I, you know, I love them, because I want to help, because I want to keep the truth in our church. But you know what? Some of these people that, that come along and are wanting to bring all these things up, I'm not falling for it. I am not falling for it. I do not believe that that's a problem. I think you're just stinking lazy and you just don't want to do anything. If you really did, people would make the drive to, go, to get to church. People would make the move if that's what they had to do. You can put up with some stuff. Don't go omitting the weightier matters that is that is a huge problem, and we need to learn to recognize these things and not do them ourselves. We need to learn that you know it's okay to be hardcore on stuff, but you know and just keep it to yourself. And if somebody asks you, tell them. You need to learn to be patient with other people and learn how to help other people. And that's just not happening with a lot of these people. People are using these things to as excuses to keep from doing other things that they know they should do. And I don't I don't see that I don't see this much with all of you here today, but I feel like this needs to be preached because I don't want you all ever doing it. And I want to make sure we keep this that kind of junk out of our church. Because it will only be a matter of time. Some of these people that were not able to go to church because the pastor said imminency, you know what? They're not going to like something I say and they're going to use that as an excuse too. They left that church because they had a nativity scene. Those same people are going to leave because I got a cross on the pulpit. You know, or they're going to make it, want to make a big deal over that stuff. You know what? You can have that kind of junk. You know, keep that out of here. I don't want anything to do with it. And I know that Jesus hates that kind of stuff. You know, I hate it too. So I hope this will help. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for. Uh, the clear instructions we have. Lord, help us to be balanced people. Help us to focus on the little things. Help us to follow the least commandments. But Lord, don't let us sacrifice the big things and the more important things uh, for those. I pray You'll help us to uh, never omit the weightier matters, but uh, we'll prioritize things, get first things first. And I pray You'll help us to keep this kind of junk and that, this kind of attitude out of our church. Lord, we, we don't need it. It's not, it's not going to help. It's not going to accomplish anything. And we just ask your, uh, for your help in that. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's